Welcome to Systematic Episode 5 on the 5x5 Network. Bandwidth for August is sponsored by Audiobooks app. Listen to thousands of classic audiobooks free on your iPhone or iPad. Get it at audiobooksapp.com or search for audiobooks in the App Store. I'm your host, Brett Terpstra, and today we're talking with coder and developer Joe Workman. Hey, Joe. Hey, Brett. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Sweet. Um, yeah. So you are a 100% independent developer. That's what you do all day, every day. And uh, you also have some work on 2048px.com. And, yes. uh, and you're living in the Bay Area with three children that do actually take up the rest of your time when you're not being an independent independent developer. Exactly. Yep. So uh, w- real quick, uh, tell us what projects you work on for uh, your paycheck. Sure. So uh, I have uh, I started off doing uh, plugins for an app called RapidWeaver. Um, if you're not familiar with RapidWeaver, it's a um, web development app for Mac. Um, basically, it's I like to compare it to kind of, you know, where Apple used to have iWeb. And uh, I would compare it somewhere between iWeb and Dreamweaver, um, where you can have some sort of, you know, drag and drop, WYSIWYG type of, you know, website editing. And you can still get down and dirty with the code if you like. So um, I started uh, three years ago, actually, uh, three years ago last month. Uh, and uh, I sold my first plugin uh, for RapidWeaver. And uh, been doing that ever since. And then last year, um, last summer, actually, I purchased a... Uh, an app called Domain Brain, and uh, I've been developing that and uh, enhancing that app. Um, and that was my first uh, foray into the Mac app um, arena. And uh, I am currently working on a couple other small little Mac app projects to uh, hopefully get into the Mac app store soon. And Is, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, as you mentioned, I also uh, recently uh, launched uh, 2048px.com uh, with a buddy of mine. And uh, that's a, a great uh, iPad retina wallpaper website. Yes, there are some really cool ones on there. I recommend checking that out. Um, is uh, is Domain Brain was purchasing uh, code like that uh, and work and developing it? Was that uh, do you think at this point was that easier or uh, or better than starting from scratch on a project? You know, it was interesting. So it's kind of a a little bit of both actually. Um, so Domain Domain Brain was a great um, way. You know, I, I I had learned and played around with Mac app stuff and. I thought it was a great kind of jump forward, you know, because I have something that's already completed product and, um, you know, I, I wasn't starting from ground zero, you know, um, it was developed by, uh, one of the guys from icon factory. And so the artwork in it is really beautiful, has a a really gorgeous icon. Um, so you're not having to, you know, reinvent all that from scratch. Plus it really fit into my current product and my product offering. Um, since it is geared towards kind of web users, people who have domains, um, it really fit well with my current clientele. So um, it just seemed like a no-brainer at the time. Cool. Um, yeah. But on, on, the, on the flip side, um, so the, at the same time I purchased Domain Brain, I actually signed a contract to write a book, which gets released at the end of this month. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. Um, the book's on RapidWeaver. Uh, but I uh, – so I – did two really big things all at once, right? I signed, signed a contract to write a book, bought an app, right? And um, so unfortunately, Domain Brain got put off to the side while I was writing the book because uh, all my extra free time was going towards that. Um, so I, you know, I didn't get much time to really work on it much. And 
all the Apple technology has really evolved really rapidly in the past year with Xcode and all things of that nature. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Domain Brain was really built on Xcode 3.2 uh, with you know some um, interface builder plugins um, and, and such. And trying to rip all that out post, like in Xcode 4.2 you know, or 4.4, Right, it was kind of tricky. Uh, luckily, uh, you know, some Apple devs uh, who are a lot smarter than me at WWDC were able to uh, to actually edit the uh, the interface builder files in text edit. Actually, and uh, <laughs> he was like, you know, don't want to do this. I'm like, okay, as long as you get it working, man. <laughs> yeah, we've had to do similar, especially with the uh, the old uh, hotkeys. Yeah. Yep. Hotkeys plugins that used to be an in interface, not in Interface Builder, before Interface Builder. Yeah. Uh, we've had to revamp several projects, uh, including NVL, to work around the fact that you can't, you can't use those anymore. Yeah. So. so that was kind of a challenge, you know, but uh, it was also a learning experience as well. So um, I'm, I'm almost done with version 2.1, which should hopefully ship within the next month or so. So I'm excited about that. Cool. So uh, your book on Rapid Weaver. How, how do you do, are you able to sit down and write a book whenever your brain says you need to write a book? No, dude. So, a like I hate. So in my previous life, I was a consultant. In my day, when I had when I had a day job, and uh, as a part of being a consultant, you have to write documentation, you know, for the customer of all mm-hmm. the stuff that you did while you were on site, and uh, that was like my most dreaded part of the job. Like I hated writing documentation. I hate writing, you know, sales contracts and all. I, I'm just, I just don't like it. So why would I write a book? I don't know. I think I was just insane or something, you know? <laughs> I, I think if you're anything like me, you were enamored with the idea of finishing the book. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And you don't really consider the fact that you have to sit down for hours on end or at least hours at a time and write the book. Yeah. I'm having trouble with that myself lately. Yeah. You know, and actually, I, I do have to admit the book's like almost three months behind. Um, you know, it's done now, but, uh, you know, the, of the original schedule, I am a few months behind. But, you know, it took me an extra few months. But, you know, hey, I, I got it done. I'm really happy with it. I have a lot of respect for authors now. Um, it's definitely a really time-consuming process. And, uh, you know, it's just a huge project, you know, to write a, a, te- a, you know, a technology book. It's, it's pretty crazy. Definitely. Yeah. And three months, three months can make the difference in whether or not you are accurate or not anymore. Yeah. And, and the other thing, it's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, I've always, you know, I'm sure you've seen it as well, where you're going through a tech, a technology book and, and you find like all kinds of like really stupid, stupid, simple errors, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I totally get why that is now because I mean the the project's so big and the publisher's pushing you to take, you know, go faster, go faster, get this done, get this done that, you know, it's like, you don't get to do like all of the the intrinsic checks that you can between every single chapter and, and mingling them all together, you know? Um, so, you know, it was definitely a learning process. Um, I, I think the book turned out really great. I'm happy with it, but uh, I can definitely see how, you know, all, how that stuff can happen now, um, you know, very easily in a, in a technology book. Definitely. I, uh, I can relate on every aspect of that. Yeah. So, uh, so you, share uh, a quality with me personality wise where uh, when you see a problem whether it's yours or someone else's you tend to solve it I've seen this from you on Twitter and elsewhere Um, whether it's a simple bash script or something more complex uh, 
do you do you have any way to uh, kind of put your finger on what about you makes that so fulfilling? Uh, really, it's it's about uh, a lot of it for me has to do with trying to get more done throughout the day, right? Um, I'm always trying to figure out how I can get you know 30 hours in a day, right? And a lot of times, uh, you know, so if I could find a task that I that I find repetitive and I think I'm ever going to do more than once, then why not, you know, take an extra amount of time to automate that process so later on I can just drag and drop something or with a click of a button, it's done. What would take me 30 minutes can take 10 seconds, you know. So what's a reasonable amount of time to put into automating a task rather than just doing it? That's that's a great question. You know, I, I tend to probably spend way too much time, you know, automating uh, some things just because I also, you know, the geek part of me is like, can I do this? It's a challenge. You know, it's like, um, you know, I want to see if I can do this, if I can get this done, you know. And then also, I mean, I, I also and then take it to another. I, I like to share it with other people when I can, when it makes sense, you know. Um, like, I think probably one of the, my biggest success uh, stories for sharing things things is uh, my utility called Dropbox AppSync, um, which was just a simple little automator app that does basic basic sim linking, um, you know, between apps and whatnot, uh, and allows you to sync your app preferences over Dropbox. So yep. uh, you know that was hugely popular. Um, I still get a lot of emails and whatnot about that to this day, um, and uh, a lot of users are still using it and loving it. So, um, you know, it's, it's really great. Uh, I enjoy uh, making other people's lives easier as well as, you know, I can make my own. I think, uh, I think it goes back to uh, the, the first thing you said was that you want to save time. You want to be efficient. Mm -hmm. And then you said that the geek part of you really wants to solve the problem. Um, and for me, that goes to a point of obsession where... I believe there's an answer and I have to find it, even if ultimately I may never actually automate this task again. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's finding that line that uh, that for me, the, the healthy line is where the amount of work I'm doing will save myself or possibly the others that I share it with the time that will justify the amount of obsessive uh, coding that I put into a problem. Do you do you kind of walk that line, or is it pretty easy for you to find that balance? Um, th there are times I do walk that line where I'll spend like I, all of a sudden I look up and it's like, man, I just spent like five hours writing this stupid little script that you know probably saved me maybe five minutes of time. You know? Yeah. Okay. But, I feel better yeah, just knowing yeah, that you yeah, have I, that too, dude. I totally. But on the flip side is. That, those five hours, yeah, it might have been a waste for that one particular task, but we're always um, learning. Yeah, I mean, in that five hours, I learned so much, right? About you know maybe a, a new you know a new a new language maybe, or you know I you know some new Ruby library or something like that, right? Where you know we really you know, you know then improve or take what we did in that five hours and we can then do something similar tomorrow in 30 minutes, you know? Yes. So yeah, well, you know, that, that's a part of improving yourself as a geek, right? Right. And I, I definitely, that is one of my definite uh, justifications for, for the things I do is as much as anything, I'm always learning something. 
Yeah. And every problem has a different uh, requirement. And sometimes sometimes a Perl one-liner is more useful than a Ruby script or more useful than writing a compiled application. Yep. And and so I just uh, I find myself saying, well, it's time to learn Perl. Or as happened to me recently, it's time to learn Python. And, uh, and just finding the right tool for the job. And I think that applies... In just about any career in any any field, yep. If you're not constantly learning the tools, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. I think. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's it's always good to find out. You know, new uh, new. You know, try out new languages when you can. You know, I, Python's on my list. I I did some Python a long time ago, but uh, you know, a lot of Xcode, some some cool little Xcode stuff is now you know has some Python APIs. So. You know, it's de- it's definitely on my list of things to start playing with as well. Yeah, it's yeah. been on my list for a while, and I finally uh, finally started learning. It's it's not you know like all languages come down to the same, uh, you know, same algorithms. Yeah, it's just syntax. Exactly. And it's kind of once you learn. I think it's true of linguistics. I wouldn't know, but once you learn one or two languages, it's really easy to pick up three or four. Yeah, I can't prove that. I I. Barely, I can barely ask where the library is in Spanish. <laughs> yep. Uh, in, in high school, the the only reason my my uh, senior uh, French teacher passed me and gave me a C was because I helped him uh, grade the final papers. You know, I mean, he knew I was working hard at it, but it just, dude, it just didn't stick with me. I took French for three years, and I can maybe count to ten now. You know? Yes. <laughs> I know. No, I know no. I know zero French. I know a little more German than I know French, and I know a little more Spanish than I know German, but I don't know any of it. I can swear in most of those languages uh, because I knew exchange students, foreign exchange students, who taught me to swear and say dirty things, but really nothing I can repeat. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go ahead and break and introduce you to our first sponsor. And our first sponsor today is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com, .net, or maybe a .co or TV. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain you're interested in into their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. If not, it'll come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will automatically figure out some available domains using those terms for you. It's pretty cool. They have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you've got any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Someone just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. And even though I'm not Dan, if you use the code DANSENTME or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. Hey, Joe. Welcome back. Excellent. That was pretty uh, impressive. Thanks. I yeah, I never <laughs> left. I was right here. That was actually me, not a professional. Um yeah, so let's go ahead and uh and talk about what you do. All right, so you've got you've got your day job, which for you is coding. Yes. And you're you're kind of you're you're your own boss, you're, you're on your own schedule. Where do you draw the line? What defines the end of the day for you? Is it when the kids run in? Is it when five o'clock rolls around? How do you decide? You know, I, I've um, I've been really trying to kind of integrate my my day. I don't really work nine to five. You know, um, 
you know, part of the part of one of my dreams, I, I've started businesses for a long time throughout my life. And this is like my sixth time that finally I'm on my own, right? And uh, I've always wanted to be able to, you know, if I want to take off in the middle of the day to go pick up my boy from school and maybe take him to, you know, somewhere, you know, I definitely do that. Um, you know, but, I, you know, then later on when he goes to bed, I'm working until, you know, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever it is, right? Um, so I really don't have the traditional schedule of, you know, I, I wake up and I work from 9 o'clock to 4 or 5 o'clock and then I take the rest of the day off. It just doesn't happen. Um, you know, I, I enjoy being able to, you know, take my boy out to, you know, field trips or, you know, every, every evening, at least right now, it's soccer season. So I take my boys to soccer practice, um, you know, five days a week now, actually. So, you know, and a lot of times while at soccer practice, you know, I got my iPad or my iPhone and, you know, I'm working, I'm doing support tickets and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I really try to just be mobile and integrate work into my, into my life so that I can, I can really work from anywhere. Um, to actually take that to an extreme, um, as an experiment last summer, we actually, I went to Brazil. My wife, my wife is from Brazil and, uh, we spent the entire summer down there in Brazil and, uh, you know, I, I worked, I was, I was extremely active. I actually, that's where I signed the contracts to write my book and I purchased domain brain all while I was in Brazil. Um, wow. so it was pretty cool. Uh, just being able to know that I can, you know, all I need is a internet connection and a, and a laptop or, you know, iPad in some cases that, uh, you know, not, I can, I'm good to go to work. Um, so I really try to integrate that into my daily life. Um, so but you have a schedule though. It's just not determined by you. Your schedule yeah. kind of, uh, revolves around, uh, family commitments. Exactly. Is that safe yeah, to totally. Say? Yeah. Um, you know, so my, my day job, I told, I said I was a consultant and, uh, you know, I, for seven years, I traveled four days a week. I w I wasn't home, right. I was somewhere else in the world. Um, and so, you know, that, that really, um, put a hamper on family life. You know, it really, uh, didn't allow me to, to really commit much to my family. And uh, so, you know, I, I've been working really hard at this to try to do something on my own so that I could I could spend more time with my family. And uh, so now that I'm, you know, I, I've done that for uh, about a year and a half now, I've been on my own. And uh, I love being able to concentrate a little bit more on my family. And, and you know, I, I think it's uh, it's the place to be. That's very cool. Now, it sounds to me like you don't suffer from the the problem that myself and a lot of people I've talked to have, and that's being able to work when you when you want to. Um, as far as can you are you able to when your kids are at soccer practice in your home, can you sit down and say, okay, here's what needs to be done. I'm just going to do it. Uh, you know, I I try to. Um, you know, I I uh, if you hear me on Twitter, I always talk about the squirrels, right? Where you know, I know what I need to be. I, I know what I need to do, but I, I always got squirrels, you know, attacking me, you know, and uh, they're always coming up with new ideas, new things to automate, and you know. So yeah, I, you know, I definitely get, you know, issues of, you know, where I I don't probably do what I should do because I got some idea that propped in my head and I have to do it, you know. Or so how do you how do you deal with that? Do you just do it? Whatever uh, most, idea, whatever squirrel is, you know, most uh, is of the time I, I do just do it. You know, it just, you know, I, I do, unfortunately, it's, you know, that sometimes that, that could be a negative thing, but it's so much positive has come from, from that happening to me that, uh, you know, I, uh, a majority of the time, a far majority of the time, I just end up doing it and, uh, you know, going down a wormhole and, uh, you know, 
and most of the time something cool comes out of it. And uh, so, so yes, I definitely do that. And yes, I definitely work probably way too many hours than I should. Um, but, uh, you know, that's part of being a geek too. I agree. I totally agree. Because I'm the same way. And I've said it on previous podcasts that if you have the freedom to just kind of go down those rabbit holes once in a while. Yeah. And, and when, you're, when that's where your brain is, it's really hard to be productive doing anything else. Yeah. And so yeah, because I just, if I want to work I roll on, with it. Yeah, you know? if I want to work on A and then X comes into my brain, while I'm working on A, the only thing I can think about is this new squirrel X in my brain. So if I don't go do it, like I, I'm not, I, whatever I'm working on right now isn't going to be as good because my brain is somewhere else. Right. You know? It's kind of like having to listen to a song that you woke up with stuck in your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for that never works for me. <laughs> and I, the song just stays stuck in my head. Yeah. Is that normal? Oh, totally. Does that work normal. for you? Uh, no, no, no. But this does. This does. If I solve the problem and I get a script written, maybe even take the time to do a fifteen-minute blog post about it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's out of my head. I can go back to what actually needs to be done. Yeah. Now that's actually something I'm really bad at is the fifteen-minute blog post. Like, I I really wish I I would force myself to to take the time to to do more blog posts. But um, yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely something on my on my I need to improve on list. There are many things on my need to improve on list, but I am pretty good. I've found that blogging my solutions w- works really well as a personal journal. Yeah. And and as uh as several of my friends have noted, including Dr. Drang and TJ and uh if if you search Google a year later for a problem, and you and you blog your solutions often enough, sooner or later you're gonna find a link to your own blog post where you solve the problem you're grappling with <laughs> at the time. We seem to have short memories in that regard. Oh yeah. Um Yeah. So so what do you do at the end of the day, uh whenever you define the end of the day, whether that's multiple spots within your day or whatever, how do you relax? How do I relax? Um yeah, a you know I told you I have you know a bunch of kids, so you know I have three kids, so I, I like playing with my kids. Uh, it's fun. Um, I also enjoy watching movies. Uh, that's kind of a, a a really out for me. I love just sitting down and vegging out and watching a good movie. Um, I really love that. Um, that's one of my things I love to do. Uh, Clarify for me: when you veg out and watch a good movie, yep. do you watch good movies or do you watch veg out movies? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Uh, you know, and there, there are some movies are, you know, for some reason I, I probably should have stopped watching it 20 minutes in, but it's like, uh, I'm just going to sit here and finish it. Maybe it'll eventually get better, but you know, yeah, sometimes they never do. Yeah. Sometimes they never do. I, in my older age, I, I'm like what, 34 now, I think, um, I have really, I've lost the ability to watch like French art films anymore. Oh yeah. I just can't do it. But uh, give me a good, like I watched, um, Man on a Ledge last night. Oh, that was... Dude, I just watched that like two or three days ago. That was I awesome. I thoroughly dude. enjoyed that. That was a great movie. I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, think, that's what I'm into these days. Yeah, is these kind of... They're kind of surface level action movies, but really, it, it's what... After a day of coding, after a day of racking my brain over problems that I think can be solved, but I don't know how, yeah. that's what I really like to do is just yeah. sit down and watch one of those movies. I Totally. Yep. That's it's good to know I'm not alone. Yeah. Good to know that that we are not 
alone in being not terribly pretentious about the movies we watch. <laughs> so, moving on from uh, banal movie discussion to... Uh, uh, we actually br- breezed through like everything I had on my notes already. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was fast. I think we both talk a little fast. <laughs> yeah. Kind of hyper get excited. Yeah, when I get when I get excited, just blah, 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 blah. right. Who needs coke? Really? Exactly. Totally. You know, it's, yeah. Um. So so what's uh what's new on your coding horizon right now? What uh what's exciting in your your personal uh problem solving arena? Uh. So actually, today I was working on this. Um. I finally fixed something like five minutes before you called me. Uh, I've been troubleshooting for like over a week and I finally nailed it like five minutes before he called. So that was good. Cause I was actually having a pretty bad day. And, and then he, you know, I was like, I got to get this done be- before he calls me or else that's like, my brain's going to be in, in what the hell am I going to do now mode? You know? Yep. So can't uh, shift, can't shift gears too fast. Yeah. You know, it, so it's what, mostly web stuff. It's a stack I'm working on. Um, it's a file upload utility. Um, and, but it's cool. It has like, it supports drag and drop. So you can actually drag in files directly from finder onto your webpage and it'll, you know, upload it directly to your web server and stuff like that. Is this an HTML5 yeah. web sockets yep. kind of uploader? Yeah. Very. Yeah. It's HTML5. And then actually the problem I was having is of course, IE doesn't support any of that. Right. Even IE9. So right, I, but, I have but to have it, like a flash fallback. Not to get overly uh, technical on the show, but isn't that, isn't it designed to work with Dreamweaver? I mean, sorry. Mm, bad word. Um, isn't it designed to work with Rapid Weaver? Yes. Which is Mac only. Oh, but you it, it provides an uploader to well, end yeah, users. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. it's a website. So, I mean, the website's anywhere, right? So, I mean, the stuff that I develop still has to function in Internet Explorer. See, I was thinking it was on the CMS side. No, so that no. the person making the website could upload, but it's actually no. yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, it's, to the end user. you know, okay. yeah, it's me as a an end user wants to have my customers upload files to me or something, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a, a web upload form on a website. Uh, so yeah, I had to make it. So the flash fallback for IE and older browsers, actually, you know, Safari six, um, is the first browser for Safari to actually support that Safari five, um, doesn't support file uploads. Um, the new HTML five file upload. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was that's a lot of fun, uh, yeah. working around when that was new. Because I do web development as well, yeah. And uh, when those when those technologies were fresh out, it was really exciting working with them in the browsers that uh, had gained support for them. Yeah, and not so much fun to try to make something that worked across platforms. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, some stuff you know, I'll get a cool idea and I'll whip it up, and I'll, oh, that looks really cool in Safari or Chrome, and then and and then you think oh, I better launch up VMware and see what it looks like in IE, and it, of course it looks like you know looks like crap. So. Yeah, it's so, always a bummer. In your uh, in in your line of business, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Firefox these days? Uh, Firefox is is the new it, you know it's the new IE. I I haven't yes. liked Firefox for a while, dude. It's just yeah, <laughs> it's it's crap. And I, I my my browser right now is still Safari. Um, I still like Safari, even though Safari six does have its bugs, right? Um, you know, I still think it's it's a great browser. Um, I really like Safari a lot, so it's it's my browser of choice. Um, even though you know there are issues with you know web pages like just freeze in Safari six right now, and you got to yes. restart. I can't to be wait fair. To be, to be fair, Chrome has the kill wait dialogue that comes up fairly frequently as well. Oh really? Uh, okay. 
Except Chrome gives you the option to kill a single tab. Yeah. Whereas Safari kind of says, hey, we're stuck. You want to force reload everything? Yeah, which is funny because the whole, well, I, wasn't it Safari 5? Like every single tab was supposed to be a different process now or something? Yeah. You know? So it was yeah, like, I believe yeah. that was true. Yeah. I believe it was supposed to be. I mean, yeah. I don't believe that ever really panned out. Exactly. Safari is still my browser of choice as well, but I'm a Chrome user until Safari 6 becomes a little more stable. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I, Fair enough. Actually, like, it was just a, maybe a month ago that I decided I would make Chrome my primary browser while some of these... Uh, I was still using the um, the early dev releases of Safari 6, mm-hmm. but I had replaced Safari 5 and didn't have an easy way to switch yeah. between them. So uh-huh. I decided I would just make Chrome my pr- primary browser while those bugs were worked out. And in the process, Chrome the the extensions available for Chrome surpass the the community development of extensions for safari and I, oh, really? that's yeah you, you know i think part of that to blame is actually apple so i actually developed some really cool extensions that i submitted to apple and like submitted multiple times and they never got they never got published to the apple's website i mean that i mean nothing ever happened with them you know so i i think part of that blame is actually apple Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, they they put a couple of mine. I have I have two. I think on the uh, extensions dot Apple uh, web page, mm-hmm. but they make it. It's very strict as far as updates and and having like plist files available and everything. Yeah. And it's not as as easily accessible a platform as Chrome or Firefox provide. Yeah, and I it. At the same time, it, it never really caught on in the developer community, uh, as far as I can, can tell. Like, it, there just wasn't the excitement surrounding building Safari extensions, as there still is around building Chrome extensions. And I don't, I don't know exactly where I would, who I would fault for that. I just know that the excitement, kind of, it, it was there in the first week that they opened up the extensions. And then just kind of faded, but I had fun with it. Um, I'm I'm redeveloping some of my extensions now for Chrome. Um, cool. Vimium, have you seen Vimium? No. It's a Chrome extension that gives you uh, Vim-like shortcuts huh. in Chrome. Cool. There's another one called Vim-like. I think it's Vim-like for Safari. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm finding that really, uh, really appealing to me. Uh, not having to reach for my mouse just to click a link. I mm-hmm. can just type F and it puts a, a shortcut sequence on every link on the page. And then I just type the sequence of the one that I'm looking at. Huh. And it jumps to that link. And in Chrome especially, it's really nice. Uh, the, the Safari one is a little less developed, but it's pretty cool. So if, you're, if, you know, if anyone listening happens to use Vim and Safari or Chrome, then uh, yeah. I'll put I'll put links to those in the show notes. They're they're worth looking at. Very cool. So let's yeah. talk about preparation, shall we? Sure. Because I didn't. I have a I have a problem with uh, knowing what I need everyone else to do, but not doing the things that I need to do. Same with paperwork. Are you are you good? If someone says fill this form out, what does your brain say? Uh, my brain says, uh, "Well, I, I got this other squirrel in my brain, so I'll put that form off to the side and I'll do it later." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we are as similar as I thought we were. My wife loves paperwork. She, and, and that sounds like a broad generalization, but she really does. She likes filling out forms, and 
you know, like if I get a form, she knows I'm not going to fill it out. She's like, give it to me, give it to me. I'll do it. And she, and she does, she, she's really good at filling out forms. And I don't, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know how to tap into that myself. Um, and it, it's the same with, with like preparing for this show. I'm, uh, today I'm a, obviously a little bit scattered. Uh, we breezed through what I thought were going to be, uh, extensive questions in 15 minutes. And, and at the end of the show, we're going to do the, uh, the top three picks. I don't have them yet. I don't. I'm going to think of those sometime between now and then. So do you find that, that the, the form filling issue uh, relates at all to, to other things in your life? Or are you generally a well-prepared person? Oh, no. I, I am a procrastinator at heart, and uh, I am totally not a, uh, you know, a form. If I can't fill out a form with one password, then it goes off to the side, you know? <laughs> Yes. Yes, I know exactly how it is. Do you keep like uh, when you have to do tax forms, like when you're uh, I'm, I'm sure you did some for your book or whatever, like uh, I9s, W2s, things like that. Do you keep copies so you can just, uh, you know, copy I've, paste stuff? I, I've been I've been. Uh, no, I don't I don't like save forms like that. But, uh, you know, I, I have recently started, you know, I bought a snap, a scan snap this year. So yeah. I've been using that a lot, you know. Um, yeah. Does it help you to be able to type in a form instead of having to print, uh, write, and then scan, and then fax? No. I mean, no. No, I hardly ever fax. I mean, most time, if... Uh, I actually just recently... I don't even think I have a fax machine anymore. I don't know. I can't even remember the last time I faxed Oh, who something. has a fax machine? That would be insane. <laughs> no, hello fax, stuff like that. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. some businesses still require me to... Facts. Yeah, that because is in the like past that was stuff. like a legal that was a legally binding method. Now yeah. email is court admissible and everything. Yeah. But every once in a while, I still have to load up HelloFax, and I maintain an account there for that reason. But yeah, it doesn't help me either to be able to type in form fields. Yeah, it, no. it's still it's still paperwork. It's still exactly. this just mundane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hard stuff. Just boring. Mm-hmm. Give me the exciting stuff. Right. Well, stuff that doesn't have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what, what it all comes down to is that stuff, it, we already all know the answer and it's just redundant to fill it in. Yeah. I, I am far more uh, excited about problems that, that came up and there is no answer to. Or there's no, uh, there's no easy way to do this, whatever the activity is. That's what my brain just latches onto. That's what I will spend hours doing, whereas I can't spend 15 minutes filling out an expense report. But I can spend two hours trying to figure out how to get my Twitter favorites into uh, day one journals. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, it's just like, uh, like, uh, I don't know, you said expense report. Like, uh, just last week, I, I did, like, I hadn't balanced my books, you know, my company books for since like March, February, you know, it was like, oh, and it it just kept like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I I finally took like the day, the took me like all day. But, you know, if I were to keep up with it, it would probably take me a couple hours at a time. But I don't know. It's just uh, that type of stuff just seems like it's just so boring and not me, you know. (laughs) And that's that's why there are people who let you pay them. Exactly. To balance your books for you. And, and I'm so grateful for the accountants of the world. Yes. Um, the CPAs that just 
Because at the end of the year, after I procrastinated for a full year, well, I'm trying to do quarterly now, but I just dump it all in their lap and they yeah. do it. And if it weren't for that, I would be in jail by now. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I haven't done my taxes myself in probably like five years. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it's smart to anymore. Yeah. There's, there's, there are too many benefits to paying an accountant to me that. It, the too many benefits to justify the risk of, uh, especially if you own your own business. Yep. If you're if you're making money on your own, if if you if you if you work a nine to five in an office where they hand you your forms and all your withdrawals are taken out automatically, okay, uh, like TurboTax, great. If if not, if you're doing quarterly estimated withholdings and everything, man, just get an accountant. Seriously, yeah, totally. unless you are an accountant. And then, you know, by all means, go for it. But <laughs> there are people in the world who make money being efficiency experts. Have you seen this? Yes. Yes. I, I, think, I, I think I've bought a couple of their books to try to become more efficient myself. Do you, <laughs> I'm not talking about self-help people. I'm talking oh, about these okay. people that actually go into factories and, oh, yeah. and videotape uh, the they record all the processes and then they sit down and say, here's how you could do it faster and cheaper. Yeah. And, and unfortunately sometimes here's how you could replace these people with robots. But do you think, do you think you personally would be good at that kind of job? Because it's very similar to, to what you and I do on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I, I actually do agree. I mean, I, I did that to some extent, uh, it, when I was a consultant, unfortunately, um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, automation is, is more than just, uh, you know, than writing a script. It's, uh, you know, how can I, how can I do this one time? So later on, I can only just take half the time to do it, you know, or, yes. you know, exactly. It's, uh, I can't think of a good example right now, but, uh, you know, totally, you know, I, I, I try to automate a lot more things, not just, you know, it stuff. You right. Know? Well, oh, see, yeah. I used to, I started, I started my work life when I was 16 working in a bindery, a paper bindery for a printing company. Sure. And I spent all of my time mentally on the assembly line, as it were, um, figuring out how things could be done more efficiently. Yep. Like, I mean, my hands were busy, you know, popping out stickers and holes and punching things. But my brain, not punching, I mean punching holes in things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brain wanted to punch things. But, but my brain, meanwhile, was really analyzing these situations and thinking, you know, there's, I can make a lot of money if I came in and told these people where they could save thousands of dollars on the way that they do these things. Yeah. And I eventually presented some of those ideas and uh, in, ended up in the uh, digital pre-press instead of the bindery and they implemented some ideas and moved my way up from there. And yeah. And I mean, that's kind of how my life, my work life, my career started was, uh, was just coming up with those efficiency ideas in the bindery. Yeah. And, and I did some factory work and the same thing applied. I think, yeah, I think that this personality type it doesn't i think the average person who lives their life working in a on a factory line and this is not at all an insult but i think that person doesn't necessarily have the uh the drive 
to do that to 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 kind of solve all the problems that that you and I would consider uh, squirrels that that yeah. we wouldn't build to concentrate or anything else until they were solved. I think you and I could probably get jobs as efficiency experts. What do you say? I think so. We we should we should start a business. Efficiency I think so. Inc. All right. So um, if anyone wants to hire two efficiency experts, uh, we work as a team and. We will solve all your problems with either a script or we'll tell you uh, how, to, how to refactor your, your factory line. It'll be great. What, what were we going to call it? Efficiency Inc. I don't, I, let me, huh? I have to search for that and see if it's taken, oh, but okay. I'll do that later and Sweet. I'll run it by my, my accountant and, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. I'm going <laughs> to stop for our second sponsor right now. And... Uh, and I bring you Squarespace.com, everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter how experienced you are with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes without having to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration with social services like Twitter and Facebook. And the great news is, the new Squarespace has arrived. The templates with the new Squarespace are out of this world. They're beautiful, they're clean, and they let your content do all the talking. You can see them at new.squarespace.com slash templates. Everything in this platform is drag and drop, which makes it even easier and more fun to use. And it works like an iOS kind of complex layouts with uh, great structuring and perfectly clean code, which is also amazing for SEO. And there's even image versioning. Everything is integrated, including design, domains, hosting, and support. With Layout Engine, Squarespace's built page builder, you can create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You can add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media content, and tons more. You don't have to worry about what your site will look like on a mobile device because when you design pages with the new Squarespace, your entire site is responsive. It will automatically reconfigure to fit on any device or platform and maintain the beauty of the site's design. If you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace. There are even iOS and Android apps that let you manage and post on the go. You can even import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. As always, Squarespace delivers an award-winning 24-7 customer support service that responds in minutes. They also have live online workshops to walk you step-by-step through everything you need to know to build an amazing site. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you get a free custom domain name. If you want to pay month-to-month, you can easily link your custom domain with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try it out. Simply go to squarespace.com and start your trial. Squarespace is $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for a year, you automatically get 20% off, and if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. Make sure to use the offer code SPECIALUNICORN when you purchase for an additional 10% off. Check them out at squarespace.com. And I do believe I read that correctly, that it is Special Unicorn. Um, if that doesn't work... Uh, Send your, your emails to Dan at 5 by 5 And I'm back. Joe. So are, are you the special unicorn? I am not at all special nor unicornish. Um, I, 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 don't, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't. But I do know that that code will get you 10% off. Excellent. 
Um, so with uh, with um, Rapid Weaver and your stacks or other people's stacks, is mm-hmm. is responsive design becoming uh, a reality there? Oh yeah, it's huge. Um, actually, um, I actually developed a whole set, a slew of uh, responsive layout stacks that uh, basically, you know, it's like a a three column that will dynamically split down to two columns, and then dynamically split down to a single column. Um, you know, all the drag and drop. So Do yeah. You- you base those on a framework, or is that ground up? I, I built it from scratch for myself. Yeah, um, nice. I, I have I have planned on on looking at you know some of the frameworks, um, but uh, I just haven't had time because since I I mean the one that I built, everyone seems to be loving it. So um, yeah, I just designed it myself and built it. Um, so when when you at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Are you as big a fan of Rapid Weaver? And this is an open question. I'm not trying to lead it in either direction. Sure. Are you as big a fan of Rapid Weaver now as you were, say, three years ago? Oh, yeah, even more so. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I really I love Rapid Weaver a lot. I think it's I think it's a great way to uh, to build out a website. Um, it just because it everything's now if how do you say it like. I want to get a website up, and I want to do it quickly. Um, you know, I could do a really great job with Rapid Weaver. Um, you know, I don't need to know code. And a lot of the reason I got into it is because it's kind of the automation part of me. While I got into developing plugins for Rapid Weaver, is you know, I was developing a website. I actually started a real estate company with a buddy of mine, and uh, I was in charge of the website. So I started using Rapid Weaver, and there were some things that I was doing on the web, and I'm like, ah, I, I could create a you know, a, a little widget out of this or a plugin for Rapid Weaver, throw it in there, then I can use it as many times as I want. I don't need to remember the code behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just started creating these and I was giving them out for free for a while. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, Isaiah, another developer was like, hey, why don't you start charging for these things? They're pretty cool. And, uh, you know, but, you know, it's just, uh, I, I, I just love it. I think it's great. The community is awesome. Um, you know, they're, the other developers within Rapid Weaver are really great. There are a lot of great guys. Um, the forum for Rapid Weaver is, uh, you know, users really like to help each other a lot, so it's great there. Um, I just think it's it's a really unique environment that I haven't seen in, in other similar uh, places. That's really cool, and that's yeah. still real Mac, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still real Mac. Uh, I love those guys. Yeah, they're great. Good guys. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I mentioned to you earlier on Twitter that we would be doing uh, top three, which I actually forgot yeah. to do last week. That's how prepared I was. Um, but we're, uh, I, w- I would like to share three things that you want to highlight, web, iOS, or Mac. Um, and I think you said you had something ready to go for that. Yeah. So uh, I actually got three of each. I didn't know. Y- so you want me to share all of them? You know what? Why don't you? Okay. Go for it. So let's start with Mac. Uh, the three apps that I highlight, first is Coded 2 by Panic. Um, that app is phenomenal. It's what I use, you know, all day long, every day. Um, you know, since my stacks and most of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I do is web-based, um, I, I cannot live without Coda. Um, I think it's a great app. Um, it's, you know, it's got that built-in transmit functionality now. Um, Coda 2 has got some really great new syntax highlighting, some CSS features that, you know, the, some of the CSS rules that it's got for syntax highlighting and, you know, like the little color picker and the, you know, a lot of stuff's really cool. Um, you know, so I think that's a phenomenal text editor. You know, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. There's other really great text editors out there. 
you know, my other, te you know, plain text editor that I use throughout the day is chocolate. Um, and that's my other one, uh, for non, uh, kind of web stuff. I use chocolate. Um, and that one, that one takes, um, TextMate bundles pretty well, doesn't it? Um, you know, I, I haven't t tried many TextMate bundles in it, to be honest with you. Um, uh, from what I, what I've seen it does, and I know they're working on a new API, a completely new API. So that'll be interesting to, to kind of play with that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I know you probably seen uh, you know Marco's recent blog post where he was comparing you know BB Edit and Chocolate and what Sublime Text, right? And he right. he ended up with Sublime Text, and I think you're a Sublime Text user, aren't you? I'm a huge fan at this point. Yes. Yeah. You know, I I tried it out, and it just I don't know. Maybe I'm a little vain, but I like pretty things, and um, I don't know. Sublime Text is it just I don't know. It was wasn't Mac enough for me. It was just I don't know. It was ugly. I will send you a screenshot <laughs> of what I've done with Sublime Text. And that's... Seriously, wow. Okay. Actually, actually, I'll let you finish, and then I think I'm going to use Sublime Text as one of my three. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so my other two uh, that I have is uh, Drop Zone is another great utility app that I use uh, every day, all day long. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Drop Zone is kind of a, um, a cool little utility that sits... Um, on your menu bar as well as you can have it like drift off to the side of your your screen and uh, you can basically throw automation tax tasks into it um, so like if I want to automate a task for a file I could drag a file onto it and say you know um, launch it in chocolate or do you know automatically add it to my drops uh, my Dropbox public folder and automatically copy the URL to my clipboard um, so a lot of the little utility apps that I write for myself to automate things almost all of them I throw into drop zone um, so that I have easy access to them. Um, you know, I know a lot of uh, techie geek guys, you know, they have terminal open all day. Um, and while I do have a terminal session open, I mean, most of the time I, I write all of my scripts to be able to just click clickable so that I could just go in there and click it and launch it and it goes or drag a file onto it. And, you know, my automatic action takes that file and, you know, like, for example, my build scripts for my, for my products, my stacks. You know, I, I take a stack, which is basically a software package, and I drag it on there, and it automatically, you know, creates my blog posts. It automatically uploads to Amazon S3. It, you know, does all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, creates my Sparkle feeds. So, you know, I just, you know, it's all drag and drop for me. Um, I, so that's why I love Drop Zone. I would, I'm going to jump in and totally back you up on this. Drop Zone is always running for me yeah i uh, have you seen any of my uh actually there are some included in the default distro some of my uh destinations they're called uh, of course they are uh, <laughs> but yeah i i love it um i have ones that will uh grab all your open tabs in safari and save them to a markdown file yeah and then you can drag that markdown file onto another one of my destinations and it will open all those urls that it finds in the file in Safari or Chrome tabs. Cool. Like, it's stuff like that. And image optim that I use for compressing yeah. uh, images quickly for my blog yep. and uploading the S3 and uh, SCP transfers and everything. Definite. It's a must have to me. Yeah. And I like, I do have terminal open all the time. I have terminal on a visor. I can pop it up with a hotkey, but, but there's drag and drop and, and having just a, a graphical interface is often preferable to me to running aliases and scripts on things. Exactly. You know, that, that's exactly my, uh, my opinion as well. So. so, yeah, John Winter's drop zone, 
What's the name of this company? I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Go on. What you got next? Uh, next one is, so I am a recent convert to Alfred. Um, it, it's another app that from, I use from LaunchBar. Okay. I was a LaunchBar user forever. Uh, and, uh, you know, so everyone was talking about how cool Alfred was, and I decided to give it a shot. And, uh, you know, I really like it. Um, it's great. Um, one, of, one of the things that kind of, you know, appeals to me is just the the look and feel of it is a little bit different than LaunchBar. Um, you know, just because it, it's kind of more of a, a larger heads-up display. Um, more Quicksilver-esque. Yeah, more Quicksilver-esque. And Were you a Quicksilver user? I, I never, you know, I tried using Quicksilver for a little bit, and it, I don't know, I never got it fully configured. It was just too much work, it seemed like. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I really like Alfred. You know, it, it does pretty much everything that I used to do with Launch uh, with LaunchBar. Um, you know, they've added, they've added a lot more features now. There are some things I still miss with, with LaunchBar, like, you know, accessing my services and some of my scripts a, a little bit quicker via LaunchBar. Um, but, uh, but all in all, I'm really happy with, with Alfred. Uh, it's a great application launcher and, you know, opening recent files and stuff like that. While LaunchBar does this as well, Alfred, you know, I type in, I never search for files anymore. Um, basically I type in the name of my, the application I want to open, uh, arrow key, you know, right to the right. And then, you know, it shows me all my recent files open, which LaunchBar did as well. Um, and then you open up the exact file that you're looking for, right? Um, the new one password integration is great. Um, I really love that. Um, which LaunchBar also has. So which, what's the big LaunchBar? differentiating factor for you? Uh, I think the real, you know, differentiating factor right now is just, it's just kind of look. I, I enjoy the different look of, of Alfred. Um, it, it's a little bit larger. Um, it's got a little bigger heads-up display. Um, Do you like every once in a while to just shake things up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. To switch, switch an app you've loved for years and just say, you know what, I'm going to give a shot. I'm going to give something new a shot. Yep. Do you do that? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think, I think that's why a lot of LaunchBar users are using Alfred, just because it's shiny and new. Yeah. I haven't found like I really like Alfred. I really do, and the the plugin architecture for it is is probably definitely better than LaunchBar's. Mm-hmm. I just haven't found the reason to make it my primary launcher yet. Mm. It's I absolutely a great app though. I'm, Pri- I'm and I'm tempted missed- almost daily to just quit. Uh, just stop launch bar in my in my system processes yeah. and just run Alfred for a while just to see if it it clicks. Mm-hmm. But right now launch bar is launch bar is still my my uh, I'm going steady with launch bar. <laughs> you know, one thing I actually miss it seems like a maybe a stupid thing, but actually the calculator in launch bar mm-hmm. is is a lot better than Alfred, a lot better because uh, you can like continue your calculations on from the previous one. Yeah, I, I miss that. Uh, Alfred, you're limited to the one out, the one calculation, and that's it. And I assume you have the power pack for Alfred. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a lot less useful before you get the power pack. Yes. Oh, yeah. Without the power pack, yeah, uh, yeah. You def- If you want to be, uh, if you, especially if you're coming from Launch Bar, Alfred isn't going to be anything for you without the power pack. There you go. Yeah. By the power pack. By the power pack. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, oh, another interesting thing is so with Alfred, I, you know, I never tried this with Launch Bar, um, so I don't know. But interesting things like combinations you could do with Alfred because basically when you you know type command space, you basically have like a box, an input box, right? And uh, I've kind of started integrating. You know, so when you do command space with Alfred, you know, you get an input box where you could just you know, start typing something. And uh, I've started using text expander snippets to kind of quickly access and, and do longer commands uh, with Alfred. Um, so, I'm, again, I never try that with, uh, with launch bar. If you, you know, command space and then type in a text expander snippet, if it would actually, you know, expand out to some longer command. Uh, but it's something interesting I've been playing with with Alfred, uh, mixing the two apps and using them together. It does actually work. I'm I'm trying it in Launch Bar right now. Okay, cool. Interesting though. Yeah, so that was a cool little tip for someone. Come up with some cool little tips and tips and tricks. Oh yeah, doing that. It's a whole blog post right there. Yeah, exactly. So those are all Mac apps, right? Those are Mac apps. Yeah. Do you should we call this a Mac app episode? <laughs> or do you have do you have three uh, do three amazing iOS and web things too? I, I I here I'll blaze through them quickly if you want to. Sure. Okay, so iOS. Uh, Field Runners 2, recent uh, recent release. I love Field Runners. I think it's a great game, and the uh, the guys over there did a phenomenal job at version 2. I think it's a great app. They had a lot of great uh, different ways to play the game, uh, so the gameplay is a lot different now. Um, I think it's a fun game. Uh, definitely recommend that one. Cool. Uh, next one is uh, is OmniFocus. Um, you know, I, I have it everywhere, uh, but I think I love the iPad version the most. So that's why I labeled it under iOS. Um, I, I think OmniFocus for for iPad is phenomenal. I can't wait till they they bring some of those features into the uh, the Mac version with 2.0. And what happens. is your favorite part of OmniFocus on the iPad? Um, I love the calendar view. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's awesome. Like, yeah, it's it's, a, it's just a thing of beauty. Um, you it, know, it's, it really is. I actually prefer to do my weekly reviews. On the iPad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the review. Yeah, the reviews, and you could re- go through the market as reviewed. Oh, it's so much better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um, lastly, you know, I, I couldn't think of a great third iOS. So I, I did MLS Match Day. I uh, I, I enjoy soccer, so um, MLS actually has a great uh, app for for me to watch my soccer games. Soccer games on, uh, which I could go down a whole another rat hole there where I recently disabled cable i don't have cable or satellite anymore and i installed an antenna on my roof with the mac mini server on my tv with the itv and all that jazz that was a really cool project definitely yeah i uh i actually for the first time in a year decided to get cable for a month oh really well i decided to get cable and that lasted me a month <laughs> and then i canceled it and i have to say Having 150 channels, just every time you flip the channel and see something you don't want to watch, you feel a a, a dollar die. Exactly. And and it was just depressing. I'm, yeah. I, I would have 150 channels and nothing I wanted to watch, yeah. and then I'd end up watching my Roku or my yeah. Apple TV anyway. Exactly. So yeah, that that yeah. didn't last long. Yeah, for me, you know, I I spent like 600 bucks on a Mac Mini and the i little um iTV HD Home Run. Uh, thing where mm-hmm. you can hook your antenna up to, and uh, you know, I figured that was like that's like six months worth of you know cable TV, you know. Yeah. So after six months, I I have you know a full DVR, all paid for essentially, right? Yeah. And I'm loving it, dude. It's it's the best thing ever. 
And, you know, another thing I think that people don't think of is, yeah, they think, oh, why don't you just pay for, you know, HD, you know, Comcast or, you know, whatever, a hundred bucks a month or whatever it is. Just, you can afford that. It's not really about that. It's about, you know, when, when I did have TV, it was like, like on the weekends, if I didn't have nothing to do, what do you do? You turn on the TV and you watch some stupid program that you never really cared about. You're just doing it because you, it's, you're sitting there vegging out, you know? So I, I find, uh, you know, not having TV, we, I end up doing more things. Maybe a little bit more work. Maybe playing a little bit more with my kids, you know? It's just uh, I, I do more with my life without TV. You know what I veg out to now? What's that? Ted. Ted. <laughs> it, it's, it's what I turn on when, when there's nothing I want to watch. And I don't have kids, but when the dogs yeah. are all asleep and... I just want to fill 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Ted. Cool. It's fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And then you, uh, I believe, we've had some web picks some as well, web, right? Some web picks, yeah. So, um, so of course, we got to talk about, you know, like app.net is the big thing, right? You know, they got their 500K of funding. So, you know, did you join app.net? I did at you the did. developer package. I got the developer package too. I mean, of course, we got to do that because we got to play with the API. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, what what are your thoughts? What do you think? Is is that going to be like a hugely successful thing? What you know is it gonna is it gonna kill Twitter? What's up? Uh, it won't kill Twitter. Uh, Twitter is full of depressing people doing depressing things that yeah. will continue to do depressing things on Twitter. Um, it could very well splinter off my favorite parts of Twitter. I don't know yet. Yeah, but I think it has the potential to move what my Twitter, like my personal sphere of Twitter. Yeah. I think it has the potential to move that into a space where we're all a little bit happier. Sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, next one is uh, uh, an app I started using. Um, so I have actually two, two part-time guys at work for me to do support. And uh, uh, for a while, we were doing Campfire, um, you know, the chat room mm-hmm. uh, from 37 Signals. And, uh, you know, it's a cool, great little service. But uh, I started using Glassboard um, about a month and a half ago or two months ago. And uh, I really love that. Um, it's it's a great app, um, you know, web app. They have a, an iPhone app um, as well, and uh, I, th- I think it's awesome. Um, I'm also gonna start tickling with the idea of um, instead of like I was getting a lot of users who want like me to do like a Google group, you know, for my customers, and uh, I don't I, I didn't really want to go that route. Um, I didn't want to flood my email inbox with a bunch of stuff, so. I'm thinking of actually giving Glassboard a shot and uh, and doing and using that for as kind of like a user uh, forum um, type of thing. Um, so Glassboard's cool. pretty cool, yeah. Um, I got I actually got two more really quick. Uh, so uh, I got this one. It was it's called T. Um, it's it's actually it's a GitHub URL. I'll I'll have to give you the URL. And it's a it's a Twitter CLI. Um, so well, I guess technically this isn't a web page, but I discovered it on the web. So. Um, you know, when we were chatting just last week about, uh, you know, creating, you know, archiving your tweets off into day one, yeah. I, I discovered this Twitter CLI. It's called T. And uh, it's it's a Ruby gem, uh, but it's super cool. Um, it's I was having a lot of fun with it just uh, from the terminal, you know, querying who am I following that isn't following me. And it's just kind of interesting, kind of fun things that, you know, you could waste a couple hours on. Um, so, you know, for, for a geek, for a geek, that was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool. Um, you can actually do a full Twitter streamline if you wanted via terminal, but I thought it was cool. A lot of, a lot of the query stuff that, uh, that you could do with it. Um, you know, I thought that was quite interesting. 
I did check that out after uh, after that conversation. I took a look at that, and it is it's really uh, it it removes a lot of the friction for for command line usage of Twitter yeah. with uh, OAuth and everything. It exactly. makes life real easy. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the last one is a web page my buddy uh, created a couple months called phptherightway.com. And uh, it's just a really cool, uh, you know, text-only website uh, page that uh, is basically kind of a, um, a best practices for, you know, programming in PHP. Um, so it's a great little website, uh, great page, some, some great best practices for PHP if you're a PHP coder. Um, so I recommend you check that page out. I will definitely be checking that out. I hadn't seen this before, but I'm looking at it now. And uh, yeah, uh, PHP is a really easy language to make spaghetti code out of. So this will definitely be on my reading list. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and break. Our last sponsor today is HelpSpot.com. HelpSpot is a lifeline for your customer service. With HelpSpot, you can easily convert your chaotic email interactions into structured help desk tickets that can be managed and tracked Provide customer self-service using the integrated service portal and automate escalations and responses. Real-time integrated reporting makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening with your customer service and to identify problems quickly. To learn more, go to helpspot.com slash 5x5. All 5x5 listeners get $100 off their purchase when they use the offer code 5x5. Organize your customer service with helpspot.com. So, I guess it's my turn, right? It's your turn. All right, we'll start with Sublime. Uh, Sublime Text 2 is, uh, I'm loving it lately, and I've tried everything. Um, I, I do, I, I panned Coda at first just because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the one-window approach. I like, I like my iTerm 2, and I like my, my separate code editor with my own custom completions, and I like having my books in PDF form and searchable and everything. Um, but then I saw the uh, panic posted uh, this like secrets of Coda two. Did you see that post? Yeah, I, I actually like I, tricks or yeah. You, you know, I still have it bookmarked. I've got, I still haven't gone through all of them, but uh, yeah. There was some stuff in there that made me think. I really I should have taken advantage of that introductory half price. But <laughs> but Sublime is the API. If you go and you look at the Sublime text to API just for interacting with the program itself. Mm-hmm. It's intense Come, for someone coming from TextMate bundles, where where the power, the extensibility of TextMate was what made it everyone's favorite. Yeah, and this takes that extensibility even further, and and that I'm loving. And I have custom themes on it that make it more. I'm using a theme called Nil right now, N I L, mm-hmm. that is the usability factor on this theme is, is outrageously good. Uh, you can see just immediately what's been edited, what's been saved, what's been modified, but not saved. And like, just at a glance, you can see all of your open files and it's, I love it. I love it. Um, that's not to disparage any of the other editors. And I'm actually kind of excited about TextMate 2 going open source. That's going to be fun to peer into. Um, not sure where that's going to lead yet or, or yeah. what the ultimate indication of that is, but I'm definitely yeah. excited. I mean, it being GPL is, is kind of a, a downer. I thought, yeah, that, GPL know. three. That's, yeah. but he said, but Alan said in the post that should people start wanting to do things more commercially with the code? Yeah. That he would consider relaxing that, the that, restrictions. That was definitely uh, a bonus. License yeah. on it. Yeah. That was definitely a bonus. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm happy just to, there have been questions I've had 
ever since TextMate one about you know how did he yeah. handle <laughs> key bindings in this area and how did yeah. he handle this with his oak tree uh, text fields and everything and it's going to be fun to fun to dig into. Oh, I, I def- haven't yet. I definitely plan on I, digging into I, it. Yeah, I cloned the whole repo and I'm looking forward to digging through that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I, I guess as a follow up to uh, Sublime slash Coda, I would say that iTerm two is. And I've mentioned it before that I'd been hacking away at iTerm 2, uh, getting it to run as uh, an LSUE item so it didn't have a, a dock icon, which meant I could open the visor version on top of a full screen, like a Lion or Mountain Lion full screen app. Mm-hmm. Having a blast with that. And uh, if you if you use Terminal, if you use the command line at all, get iTerm 2. You'll You'll... You'll love me and you'll love yourself. It's it'll make your day. Um, is that on the app that, store? Is it on the app store? No, no, no. That is uh, you have to you have to look it up and download it and install it yourself and update it yourself. But if oh, you're using okay. terminal, that I'm sure you can handle that. Oh, I always thought it was like the old open source one. Oh, I I you know what I need I never even seen iTerm two. Yeah, it's it's cool. Okay. It's very cool. Cool. I won't even go into all the details. I could actually write a book on all the details. Um, but then moving into a more uh, generalized graphical arena, uh, Tree uh, is uh, an outliner. I've never been good with outliners. I've always preferred mind maps and uh, and Buzan's radiant thinking, and that's more in line with the, ma- the way my brain works. But I found this outliner a while ago called Tree, and it lets you... Um, view uh, an outline in a horizontal fashion and it makes it really easy to kind of uh, to see things in line at different levels so if something's indented twice what you see is an actual like listing vertically of everything that is at the same indentation level if that makes sense really it works it works almost as well with my brain as mind mapping does whereas a standard outline never has if 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 you're not if you don't do well with the kind of linear listing of an outline tree might be a good solution so i would recommend that looks interesting it is and it's not terribly expensive i think it was nine dollars i'm having trouble remembering at the moment i'll link it in the show notes though and then lastly i think this is four but you had like nine so i'm gonna do four (laughs) uh (laughs) There's an app called My Phone Desktop, and there are several apps that cover some areas that it works in, and there are some apps that are prettier. and And I don't mean any offense to the developer, but it's it's not it's not highly refined. But what it does is let you quickly send URLs, images, text. Uh, and and all kinds of like map information and everything between your desktop and your iOS device and vice versa. Um, so if I am reading a URL on my my Mac and I want to pop it up on my iPad, it's one click away. I just paste it and hit enter and it opens on my iPad. I can tell it what to do with the URL. I can say open this in maps, open this in... Uh, I open it in one of the uh, one of the Na- Navigon apps, for example. Hmm. I can say open this in my browser. Wh- whatever I need it to do, it 
it will just execute that. I can have it, uh, I can paste a picture from my desktop and have it become my iPhone wallpaper in one click. And I find it, it, it's, to me, it's the best solution I've found so far for that kind of, uh, just interactivity between iOS and Mac. So cool. Now, have you played with iOS six at all with the new cloud sync on tabs? Would I, would I get my, uh, knuckles smacked if I said no? <laughs> I actually, I, I've been so consumed with Mac development since, uh, since mountain lion came out. I haven't even loaded iOS six yet. Oh, wow. But do not, do not tell anybody that and certainly don't put it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's expected of me that I would be all over that, but I just have not had time yet. Because I'm not developing. I don't have any apps on iOS right now. So, I forgive myself. <laughs> you? Have you played with it? Uh, I have. I installed it on uh, on the iPad 2 that I have. Uh, my I got an iPad 2 for my kids and I uh, installed it on there and played with it. It's cool. I like it. The, I, li- I like the, the, the iCloud tabs. Is, uh solves the big thing of... You know, a lot of times, you know, that's probably the most thing that I want to get from my desktop to my iOS device is websites that I'm currently looking at. Sure. And uh, and that solves that problem beautifully and seamlessly. There have been a couple of uh, of browsers created. I think Sleepner does it, hmm. where you can uh, where you can sync tabs over iCloud. But I'm not sure I've ever found any that work really well. And having a native solution for that would be just ideal. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. I will, I will have to load it just to try that. And that's the kind of thing I would do too. <laughs> Let's brick all of my iOS devices just to see if I can get this iCloud tabs thing working. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for today. And uh, Joe, it's been really fun to talk with you. Really fun to geek out. Yeah, I, I love to do. It's great. Thanks for uh, having me on. Anytime. We'll have you back uh, as soon as my schedule comes back around. Sweet. All right. Well, I will uh, talk to you all in a week. And Joe, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Thank you.